Okay, what up? What episode are we up to now? I think we're up to episode six, which is pro. Um, I found a middle ground, a compromise with the visuals. So now I've set up my phone and you can kind of see like me with the microphone from the side. You can't really see my face though, which for me is like a good compromise because I feel like I know I have to have some kind of visual um, to like actually be able to post the podcast and help it grow. But I didn't really want my face in it because I can't be fucked being self-conscious and being like, I've got a double chin in this one. And then I'll always be like trying to like make sure I'm holding my chin in the right way. And so just little things like that. I'm like, it pulls me out of the flow state. So I'm like, all right, this is like a middle ground. Um, Something that I wanted to talk about today was grief. And yeah, the reason for that is earlier this year, uh, earlier in 2023, I had um, a friend of mine pass away and it was quite difficult because first he went missing. So we weren't exactly sure. We couldn't be certain that he'd actually passed. And so even though it looked all signs of pointing to that, but just my reaction to that was interesting to me because at first um, I wasn't like on the floor crying. Like I wasn't having like a huge reaction to it. And I was kind of like, what's wrong with me? Um And I was kind of waiting for that to happen. And I realized like a few days later that I was laying in bed and I was thinking to myself, oh, like if he's still alive, then like I'll do this or I'll allow this to happen Um, and having thoughts like that. And then I realized like I'm bargaining. Um, So bargaining is one of the five stages of grief. So the the first stage is denial and then you have anger And then you have bargaining. Um, And then after that, you have depression and acceptance. And so I realized that I actually was in a state of grief, but I just didn't even realize. And then I asked myself, is it possible that I could always be in a state of grief? You know, I mean, I always carry around this feeling of kind of despair, um, which I just presumed was depression. And I thought, is it possible that I'm always in a state of grief? And I think there's actually something to that because I feel sometimes there's something in me that is scared to be happy because I think, well, what's the point? I'm just going to end up back here anyway. Like one day my parents are going to pass and, you know, there's going to be so many awful things that happen in life. Maybe it's just easy to stay at the bottom, um, which is not a great way to look at it. And I don't agree with that. And so I set the intention of um, not believing like that. So I spoke to my psychologist about it and I said, you know, this is what's happened. This is what I've been thinking. What do you think? And she said that it seems very possible that I have a lot of unprocessed grief. So she says that it's likely that um, at different parts of my life, like things have happened. And instead of just being like sitting in that feeling of grief, I've just kind of had like almost toxic positivity in a way and just been like, no, it's okay. Look at the positive, focus on the positive, keep moving. And I think there is some good that comes from that kind of view like my ultimate intention is to like move on and be happy but as a result I leave a lot of grief in my heart and so like she had me do some inner child work um I think it's cognitive behavior therapy where she'd be like all right we're going to go back to like a time that you felt like this like close your eyes deep breaths think of a time when you felt like this when you're a child and then we go there and then she'll be like okay what are you feeling what's in the room you know what's happened um and then like the scene will set and I'll describe it to her. And then she'll make me, my current self, come and appear there. And she'll be like, now talk to little Maddie. Like, what, what do you want to say to her? And I was like, you know, it's okay. I know this is hard, but things are going to get better. Like, um, you're going to like find great people and have a good life and all these things. And then when we came out of it, she was like, that was really interesting because, you know, little Maddie was suffering. Uh, and you didn't just say to her, like, it's okay. Like, I know it sucks. I'm sorry. 
I'm here. And she said, oh, yeah, I think you don't give yourself the time to process things. I think you just straight away go, it's okay, let's move on. Think of the positives. And so this year I've, you know, taken that to heart and I've been thinking a lot about um, grief and allowing myself to feel that because, you know, there is this feeling inside my heart of, um, like I said, despair and defeat. And I've, there's, it's almost like there's two me's, like there's my mind in a way that's always like focused on like achieving great things and going out and doing new clothing. And, um, that's great, but it's almost like I've always abandoned myself. There's always been a part of myself that has felt left behind. I think a lot of that has to do with um, having autism as well. I have very much had this feeling that I exist on one plane and the rest of the world exists on the other plane. And my whole life, I've been accepted to rise up to their plane and exist on their plane. And then I come back down to mine and I crash because I'm so exhausted. Um, and no one ever makes the effort to kind of come back down to my level and look at me and where I'm at. And so as a result, I think there's just a lot of me that's just been left in this grief. Um, I think a lot of the grief, like intuitively I ask myself, like, what am I so sad about? What is this grief? And intuitively the the thing that came through was I released the grief of not being good enough. And I think I carry so much grief from like over the course of my life, the exact same story over and over and over again, which is just rejection. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from autism. I just not fitting in just no matter how hard I've tried to be a good person and a good friend, just still people seeing something in me that they don't like and reject and wanting to see things in me that they don't like and regret, uh, reject. And I think something that I've actually realized, like my third podcast, I said that, like, I, I realized after getting my first thought when getting diagnosed was, oh, that's why people haven't liked me my whole life. Um, it's not my fault. You know, I kind of take that back a little bit. I've, I've realized that a lot of the reasons why people don't like me actually have nothing to do with me. Um, that's their own shit that they've projected onto me, their insecurities or like, you know, some people will hate you if you're different because you scare them because you make them think, shit, maybe I should be different too. And I think that has been framed to realise that it's not necessarily rejection, it's just people's bullshit and it's okay to leave them behind. Um. And so I think, yeah, a lot of my grief is this and I'm at a place in my life right now where I, I'll be meditating. I love like getting high, smoking weed and kind of meditating, just laying outside and meditating. And I've realized that things come up and I'll just have a little bit, like I'll smoke a little bit or sometimes it doesn't even have to be involving weed. Sometimes I just meditate and I'll just think oh, I'm going to sit down for like two minutes and meditate before I go to bed. And stuff has been coming up and I've just been, I would just be bawling my eyes out and I'd be like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> but it's good because it's like, obviously like I'm allowing, I'm at a place now where I'm holding space for myself, where I'm allowing this to come to the surface. And it feels like it's going to be a process and it has been a process where I'm cleansing and I'm just letting all this go. And sometimes it's like, well, when does like the flowers start? Like when does it start getting better? And like, it's not so hard like this. So then I realized that, you know, this is really strong in Buddhism is that, there's always going to be suffering. Like every single day I have that feeling of I'm wasting my life or like life is just passing by and I just can't seem to grasp it. And I think that maybe a lot of suffering is caused by the fact that every day we're grieving the loss of our life. Like every day we come closer to it being gone. And so I've accepted, that's helped me accept that 
It's not like, okay, I'm going to go through all this grief and then I'm going to tick it off like a checklist and then I'm going to be done and then I can be happy. I've accepted that there's always going to be a part of me that is sad and um, is holding grief and is suffering. And that's helped me a lot because instead of it being like this huge thing in my life, it's just, it, it makes it smaller. It's something that I can now like, you know, put in my pocket and carry with me through life and I can make space for other things you know it's just about making space for it I think and I have heard grief described like that and so you know that that's been that's been a massive thing for me and I think the best advice my psychologist ever gave me was not to focus on the bad thoughts in my mind but to focus on the me that was separate to them and building that me and so for me, a lot of like the affirmations that I do and the meditations that I do, that's me building up the positive side. It's instead of fighting the bad thoughts I have in my mind, it's building more positive thoughts. It's practicing in my mind, say, I love myself. Um, I think I'm beautiful, like just to counteract the other ones. So and then it's, you know, wherever I feel like you believe is like the direction that you go. And I even have like, I love listening to like um, affirmation music. <laughs> like um, my friends will come over and just be like, this is like kind of like cringy and lame, but it's actually so good. And I love it so much because the music, it's just reprogram reprogramming my mind in the background. It's just like constantly telling me positive things and um, restructuring my worldview. And I actually think that that's such a, having such a great impact on me positively. And it's so funny because like my Spotify rap came out and um, it's like, my number one genre um, last year and this year was high vibe. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know that's what it was called. And um, that's probably like the hippiest thing I've ever done is had like high vibe as like my Spotify rap main genre. Um, just to finish, I wanted to read something in Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. Um, I absolutely love her work. She's a psychologist, um, like PhD psychologist who does a lot of studies on um, like emotions and things like that. Um, she has a really great talk, um, The Power of Vulnerability. She, you might know her from her TED Talk, but um, if you can go on Audible and um, listen to that book, she has such a gift for speeches and that is one of the best books. That's one of my top five favourite books of all time. It is such a great book. Um, Atlas of the Heart is more popular and she just basically goes into actually articulating and describing what feelings are. And so she has a chapter on grief. And I just wanted to end on this because I think this is important as well. Um, Because I think this relates to some of the grief that I carry too. And it's called disenfranchised grief. So this is a type of grief that isn't really um, acknowledged or valued by the general public as really being grief because they can't see it or understand it. Uh, For example, like a miscarriage or something like that. Um, So it's actually quite common in um, survivors of sexual assault. So I'm just going to read a passage. Tasha Bordeaux explains that sexual assault survivors suffer from numerous losses, many of which are invisible to others. Some of these losses include loss of one's prior worldview, loss of trust, loss of self-identity and self-esteem, loss of freedom and independence, loss of a sense of safety and security, and loss of sexual interest. And... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I've written about my past trauma and how um, letting go of the worldview was really difficult for me, a worldview where everybody was good and nice. Um, I think as well because I grew up 
my parents are like very, very good people and they surrounded themselves with good people. Um, I think that kind of fucked me up because I just presumed that everybody in the world was like that. And so I think a lot of my grief has been um, accepting that the world isn't as good as the place and people aren't as good as I thought they were. Um, and so that's been a big part of my grieving process as well. And it's been something that's been really difficult to accept. So I like that because it made me feel seen. Um, yeah. So that's all today. Um, yeah. Try and like get involved. If you're like up to this episode, you know, leave a comment or share it with someone, help me out. Um, someone who, if you think it's worth, worthy of their time. Yeah. So how's this outfit?